1: News and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, twelve twenty KDOW.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Happy day before Thanksgiving. Tell, I'm doing the stories live today. Markets stuffed, oh, let the Thanksgiving puns begin, and shall they never end. Markets stuffed. You know, I saw an interesting article this morning, one of the very first ones that, you know, popped up as far as world markets go, and it's tied towards Japanese investment bank Nomura. It's out with Big Global Economic Outlook for 2014, the title is The End of of the end of the world. And that's one of the stories that's out there, as far as themes go, as 2013 comes to a close, the age of the crisis is, well, it's truly over, according to Nomura. There's still lingering issues, of course, but the really huge themes that have dominated the past several years are gone, and concerns over systemic risk will no longer be high on investors' minds. So the end of the world sounds bad, but the end of the end of the world sounds good. Strategist Michael Kurtz said, there wasn't any memo, but FYI, the global financial crisis is over. Not the clocks have simply rewound 2006, but the U.S. property market has been recovering for no less than 20 months. U.S. household balance sheet is largely repaired. The Remindy is stronger, and the U.S.-China current account imbalance vastly reduced. China is grasping the nettle of structural reform. Europe, European core versus periphery, cost differentials have substantially narrowed, and Europe is growing again. Looking forward, we see 2014 as a year in which macro-systemic risks will not dominate equity performance. Rather, global stocks in 2014 will stand or fall, in large part, simply on whether they deliver earnings. It's a pretty interesting way to start the day. I like it. I like that story, not enormously, but well enough to say, I'll, I'll lock it. So other big angles out there today, and again, you know, I feel good about being invested. I feel good about my 401k. I feel good about a lot of issues. So hopefully you do as well. Hopefully you're not thinking, oh gosh, I've got to get everything out of the markets now. S&P 500 up 4, sitting at 1,807. Things seem to have slowed a little bit here. The Dow's up 25, sitting at 16,098. The Nasdaq up 15, sitting at 4,032. Gold sits at 12.45 an ounce. Crude oil sits at $92.50 a barrel. Ten-year treasury sits at 2.73%. When I say see things seems to have slowed a bit here, that's not necessarily a bad thing, okay? Hewlett Packard, their earnings climbed. Up seven percent today. Remember they got kicked out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average a couple months ago. That would be higher if it weren't for that. The company made a dollar a share for the quarter penny better than expected. Revenue is also top forecast coming in at $29 billion. It's nice to see that some of the change that HP got into trouble with is slowly being unwound in good numbers. Revenues were down year over year, but sales of corporate computers did in fact rise. CEO Meg Whitman is calling for an increase in R&D even before this morning's Climb on the stock, HP's been up 67% year-to-date. Network gear maker, Infoblox, they're down 18% on earnings. company actually beat for the quarter. Uh, Shanda Games, they specialize in internet games. You may have heard yesterday, New Jersey's legalized some internet gambling in the state of New Jersey. Shanda's expected to report profits of 23 cents a share, so a lot of people are starting to look at you know, uh, more online gaming angles. Apple's at its highest level in nearly a year. stock is still down 9%. It was trading at $700 a share. The climb we're seeing now could reflect optimism for the holiday shopping season. The company's holding its traditional one-day shopping event at Apple stores on Black Friday. So there's enough decent stories out there, right? Back to HP. That's going to lend some support to the broader market because, again, it's tied towards computers and it's tied towards technology. They're a big company It's kind of like If they're doing well Others around them Should be doing Either very well Well Or slightly beneath What they're doing But they're still moving forward Big headline The Nasdaq closed above 4,000 For the first time Since 2000 Of September That could bring Some speculative interest in Some people are like Wow I missed out On such a great Moving market You know the markets Are up over 25% For the year It's great Opening gains for major averages Today Kind of modest I'll be quite honest with you, I'm thinking honey-baked ham, I'm thinking turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes. I'm thinking, you know, watching eight hours of football tomorrow. Initial claims better than expected, declining 10,000 to 316,000. Continuing claims also better than expected. So the number came out a little bit earlier than expected due to tomorrow's the holiday. So any number under 400000 is pretty good. Seasonal adjustment problems are cited as a factor at the low level of initial claims. So maybe we put a little bit of an asterisk in front of that one. Um, There's some PMI data out that I'm just going to pass on explaining or talking it through. Just don't feel like necessarily you need that. Macy's is waiting to make the parade call. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't want... Hot air balloons rampaging through the streets of New York City after they bust off of their their holdings. Heavy rain and high wind along the U.S. East Coast are tying up air traffic for the holiday travelers as organizers of Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade wait to decide whether the event's of trademark balloons will fly. Something funny about you know underdog breaking free from his moorings and flying through the air, right? I love Thanksgiving parades. They're so awful, they're good. A storm system is bringing wind, blown rain today to cities including Boston and New York. It's expected to drop more than six inches of snow on the Appalachian Mountains. Winds may gust to 60 miles per hour along the Massachusetts coast. Yay. (laughs) There's no other night to (coughs) unleash the balloons. So, I don't know, I guess that would be a bit of a bummer. Poor kids who've lined up the, the parade route in anticipation of glee. But uh, what's interesting is the, the storm is going to pass through sometimes around Thanksgiving, right? So big retailers are happy because they still get to do their Black Friday, early Thanksgiving opening. Leading economic indicator index in the United States rose two-tenths of percent in November. That's nice news. Orders for U.S. durable goods drop a shutdown in Hertz.
3: Mm, That's not so
2: good. Thanksgiving, spawning minorities in seasonal mashup right now. Eh, any excuse to spend a little money, any excuse to put food in the belly, right? There's an interesting angle out today, and I don't know how interesting it's going to be to you, but it is to me. CBS is buying an infusion company. Um, not like infusion juices, but a different way of getting drugs into your system when you can't take it by pill. Let's take a little bit of a break here. You're to, listen to Rob Black and Your Money. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
1: online at robblack.com now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow did
2: you know the four ghosts in the game pac-man all had randomness all had assignments they were programmed back differently the red ghost was chase you Pink just tried to position himself in a set way. Blue tries to ambush you, and orange is random. Knowing that, it seems a little bit easier. Just to really keep your eyeballs on two of the ghosts at a time, knowing what they're trying to do. Hmm. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'd love to get some calls today. I promise to be nice. Tank tops got their name from old tank suits that women wore to swim. Women mostly wore two-piece bathing suits. If you visit a beach, next time you see a, a top, you'll see any number of versions of the bikini or the tankini. Back in the 1920s, the one-piece suit was all the rage. Women's fashion required more coverage, and bathing suits did not bear the torso, or rather covered the upper body, but bared the arms. They were called tank suits, and thus tank tops. That's how they got their name. Very similar to what the ladies were wearing in the 1920s. America is a hotbed of innovation, hotbed of turkey innovation. We'll talk about that and more. Some of the market stories out there. Sears catalog. SP 500 up to four. The Dow's up 24. The Nasdaq's up 18. Joining me now, mortgage lender from BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's the guy who does my mortgages. Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez, let's talk a little rental properties. Hi, Hello. Rental properties. What's the word mean to you or the words mean to you? Investment property,
4: and I think that's something that, you, it, that should be the first thing that you think about. Investment. You're getting a rate of return on what you're putting into the property. So okay. you, you come up with a down payment. You put it in the, buy the property. You get some good tax benefits, some interest, mortgage interest deductions, and then you have what's left over. And in, that's your cash flow.
2: In your world of lending, who comes to you that's looking for investment property or rental property?
4: There's a lot of different people. Uh, uh-huh. We have you know, the, the husband and wife that are looking for a second home. Um, and they say, you know what, we're going to buy this as an investment property for a while and then maybe retire in it or something like that. And then we have some people who just want to have extra money and they want to buy some rental property because it's something maybe their parents have done. Uh, A lot of people that are in rental properties now are people who have experienced that through either family members or friends, uh, and they get exposure that way.
2: I live in part of the Bay Area that I would not buy homes as rental properties, but I would buy apartments as rental properties. Um, I have a differentiation in my head. I don't think my home, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's going to appreciate it in the next 10 years unless I see some really big wage inflation across the upper middle class and the lower upper class and right now that's just not working out that way. Mm -hmm. Multifamily
4: was a one of the reasons we saw new home sales go up it was really not new home sales I'm sorry construction and it was leading the way we had 60 percent of new home construction was multifamily units because of the pure fact that rents were rising and there was a demand for this type of product that's why over the last Few years we saw a lot of almost 30 to 35 percent of properties bought in the Bay Area were cash, okay, cash properties, and it's still like that right now because people are buying not only distressed properties but they're buying rental units because rents are so strong here.
2: Something that I find sick and vile are real estate clubs because they're kind of luring in the average person saying you too can buy real estate just like Donald Trump. And it's maybe not that much of a sales pitch or maybe not that glossy. But I find them kind of vile. And I saw in 2004, 2005, 2006, a lot of people join these things trying to get wealthy and not having enough money to understand that it's an investment. And you're investing in the income that comes out of it. You're not
4: investing in the potential appreciation of the property. And a lot of those ended up as private REITs as well, uh, where the people who are making more of the money with the people who are actually getting the transaction.
2: Right. Um, So what you're saying there, sometimes you'll hear about people that advertise clubs and scenarios. And they'll say, I'll buy property for you, and they'll do... And help you get the loan, and, and so on.
4: And they'll... Follow. And management fees, etc. cetera. So it's, there are going to be a lot more of these types of advertisings and incitements to get into this into the real estate business as equities increase. Here in the Bay Area, prices are going back
2: up. So that's spewing really towards, um, I, don't want to say, I don't even know how to say this, but... That, a lot of individuals want to own individual properties, and then some individuals want to help fund bigger projects and become a master limited partner, and I hate that. I would rather you own publicly traded REITs where you own it. Tony Mendez owns that property. He may own one millionth of it, but he's not writing a check to a developer. He's not and writing know, a check. And I
4: know why you say that, because you hear a lot more horror stories yeah. than I do. You work with yeah. people on an individual basis, and you also have, uh, you hear these horror stories. I, on the other hand, would say, you know what, I would deal with actually people who are successful at buying rental properties, buying multi-unit properties, and managing them well, and getting positive cash flows. If so, they're
2: getting positive cash flows, and right. if, if they're not
4: expecting appreciation, but it's, I agree. It's because I, I work with, and it's going to sound corny, but I work with people that have CFPs or CPAs, yeah. Yeah. and that they, they actually hardy. have some people that are guiding them in the right way instead of going to these kind of groups and, and feeling like they're, that it, they're just following a trend. I think if you think
2: someone's like a real estate guru or someone has like... There was a guy, he owns a company in the Bay Area that he was selling property in the desert in a city that has no waterworks, that has no pipes, selling property that has no water tied towards it. Aqueduct City, um, but has no aqueduct. Mm-hmm. And people buy it thinking it's the next big thing. If you're buying the next big thing, you're probably taking a lot of risk. Now, San Luis though, maybe they're the next big thing in the wine country. Maybe all that property down there will work out. But they have to have water. So I'm, <laughs> you have to calculate some of your risks in these scenarios, right? Yes, you certainly do. So real quick, what does the person, what would you want to see who's looking for rental investments? Um, somebody who can it's extra money
4: for them. Okay to spend. Um, I had somebody call me the other day, said, "I have about 50,000 dollars I want to put in investment property." And we got through the whole you know, qualifying process, and, and they didn't have any other money. They had some 401k, but they didn't have the ability to continue funding that if they used their, this money up and factoring the, the risk involved. You don't always get rents on a monthly basis. So
2: that's mortgage lender, Tony Mendez with Bay Area Loansource.com. I was noticing, you know, some ideas on Wall Street out there, 401K doing very, very well. 401Ks will get more modern. You'll be able to check into them with your smartphones, apps. More automation will happen with rebalancing. Having the ability to hook up with an advisor inevitably coming. So that's nice. 401K is probably the best way that you can save for retirement, a 403B, a I'm very thankful for my 401k, for instance. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, or call the show, 800-516-1220.
1: To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KBOW and I Radio station. the
2: Markets pretty quiet right now. There's a sense that investors don't have a lot to fear, and that's always kind of worrisome. The top worry is that the Fed reduces stimulus. Second worry is slowing growth. I always try to figure out you know where we are. There's no European collapse to freak out about right now. Greece isn't imploding. China is not hard landing. There's no obvious reason for geopolitical flare-up. In fact, the whole Iranian nuclear thing seems to be, if we're nothing but a short term, a step in the right direction. So you should worry about tapering and growth, right? That's really all you can put on the, you know, pegs of what's wrong out there. Uh, again, it's just, that's on the worry index. You know, a de-anchoring of inflation expectations, a weaker China, a substantial deterioration, the pace of growth. Growth seems to be the issue, and Fed seems to be the issue. And there's probably some other issues out there, but I don't see them. And I'm trying to, but I don't see them. In the first segment of the show, I talked a little bit about CVS Caremark getting into... A new business. It's going to be interesting to see if I can even explain this to the you. They're buying a company's Apria's Quorum unit for $2.1 billion. CVS said the unit will have about $1.4 billion in revenue in the first 12 months after the deal closes. The purchase is going to expand CVS, which also operates the second largest drug store chain, into the business of providing therapies such as antibiotics, nutrition, and pain medicine through needles or catheters into patients' veins. Kind of interesting, right? Like I don't think you think of C V S as a place to go to get a therapy, but you know, you get flu shots there, right? It's a large deal for C V S since the company bought Long's drug stores for about two point eight billion dollars back in two thousand eight. The acquisition is the third largest North American drug retail industry. Apria, a medical equipment company owned by Blackstone Group, purchased Corm for three hundred and fifty million in two thousand seven. So that turned out to be a very smart purchase for them, as they've now spun it off uh, for 2.1 billion. But therapies at CVS—how do you feel about that? Is that a smart way of growing their business model? Let's
5: get a San Mateo, Peter. Hey, Rob, how are you? Good. Good. I have a question. I was reading an item from Merrill Lynch the other day, forecasting for the next couple of years, and they mentioned because of the tremendous boom in the u.s gas and oil production through fracking etc investing in mlps and to spread the risk specifically etfs and my my question is what could be the downside because i know with so many people chasing yield um, some of these mlps are a little expensive
2: sure let me go through what i can on mlps and the energy sector Um, I don't know about the Merrill Lynch article, so I'm not really commenting on that, but I'll give you my comment on MLPs and energy as best as I can, and thanks for the call. A lot of energy firms in the United States have reorganized their slow-growing but stable businesses, um, like pipelines, storage terminals. So you see a big storage terminal, and it's got energy in it. It's not like they're going to make storage terminal 2.0, or they're going to come out with uh, a storage terminal on Facebook, There's important differences between buying shares of a company and buying shares of a master limited partnership. Uh, MLPs, you buy units of the partnership. Rather than shares of the stock, so you become what's called a unit holder. More on that in a second. There's two major classes of MLP owners, general partners and limited partners. Let's go back to the real quick concept of some of the stability in the business. They have pipelines. If I were to tell you I've got a pipeline and you have to send your oil through it, I'm going to charge you five cents for every gallon, it's a pretty good business, right? It's a toll road. I want to own part of that. That's consistent. MLPs technically have no employees, so all services from management to bookkeeping are provided by the general partner. All other investors are limited partners and have no involvement in the partnerships operations. Limited partner units are publicly traded, while general partner units usually are not. The general partner stake is 2% of the partnership. The the general partner can also own limited partner units to increase his ownership. Companies that use this format tend to operate in very stable, very slow-growing businesses, uh, below average risk for investors. Cash distributions usually stay relatively steady over time. MLP units trade somewhat like bonds, rising when interest rates fall and vice versa. Now, here's the benefits. Some of them have very high yields, 6%, 7%. That's pretty good. They're very consistent with their distributions over time. There's not a lot of like, oh, Tim Cook, we want a one-time special dividend from Apple. It's consistent. Firm primarily switched to an MLP because it helps them avoid taxes. Shareholders in a corporation face double taxation where you pay taxes first at the corporate level and then you pay it at the personal level on those earnings as dividends. But ownerships of a partnership are taxed only once when they receive distributions, capital gains. So that's obviously a positive. There's lower cost of capital, the absence of taxes at the company level, a lot like a real estate investment trust. It gives MLPs a lower cost of capital than it's typically tied towards corporations. The general partner compensation is lined with limited partnership interest. You're not seeing anything egregious on insiders taking money out. Now, Here's where the drawbacks of the MLPs come. You have a very limited pool of investors. Um, the traditional equities, because institutional investors such as pension funds are not allowed to hold MLP units without incurring tax liabilities. Now, you kick out pension funds and institutional investors, and suddenly you've got a smaller base of buy and sellers. Institutional investors represent the majority of investment dollars in stock markets, so eliminating them eliminates demand, Congress recently did approve a provision allowing mutual funds to buy MLPs, which should help some of the consistency of the returns and uh, prevent you from being in a position where your $100 investment into a unit turns into a $90 investment into a unit because of supply and demand. And then there's the personal tax liability. It's the only other downside that I can come up with. Each unit holder is responsible for paying his or her share of the partnership's income taxes, which can make filing taxes more complicated. This is particularly true for larger unit holders, which, you know, have to pay taxes in various states in which the partnership operates. So it's not the easiest thing for your accountant to figure out, and if you've got a lousy accountant or if you don't do taxes well yourself, you might owe taxes on a partnership uh, even if the units are held in a retirement account. So it's not necessarily the most tax-efficient way of handling your income needs in your income portfolio. I think I said that as best as I could. It's not the easiest one for me to figure out how to say out loud. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls ahead on the air. Uh, we're just days ahead of the... Thanks or just hours ahead of the Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Best Buy Buster deals. You know, one area that I, I'm most proud of Americans is we innovate like no one else. We learn to brine, we learn to throw turkeys and in, gourmet infused cooking inside, outside of the bird angles, bone free turkeys. I know, right? There's a mechanical engineer in Honolulu. He makes a point of enjoying his bone-free bird. Can you imagine a bone-free turkey? What he does is, uh, it's a patent. I don't know. just upsetting to me. Um, wind guards, if you're cooking your bird outside, full brown. Uh, browners for the turkey, there's just turkey... Gobble calls. I mean, we're a nation of innovation. There's a company called Jerk Turkey, which it's too late to get at this point in time, but they'll basically get you like a blue cheese turkey or a buffalo spicy turkey. People are fascinated with making the meat a little bit different. Dark meat, more calories than white meat. Dark meat, tastier than white meat. Which do you like? Do you remember as a kid? I mean, here's a great Thanksgiving memory getting the wishbone, letting it dry out, and then trying to make a wish with your brother, and he cheats and grabs the top of it and snaps it and gets the bigger piece. Like, oh! See, so you only did the whole turkey once a year, right? Or at least I only did the whole turkey once a year. Maybe I was ripped off as a kid. Bitcoin hits $1,000 for the 1000 bucks per Bitcoin. It's got a lot of peel right now where gold doesn't. So gold's probably right for mini bear market. Uh, rally. One billion dollars in gift cards go unused every year. Don't let that be you. Al Gore has become a vegan. Why is this a headline? Why is this a headline? Why is that a headline? Former vice president's gone vegan. Just like his old boss Bill Clinton. Oh. I don't know. I don't think I have anything else. Jewish holiday. Uh, Hanukkah begins Wednesday night. Dinners right around the corner. Don't forget, it's a festive time of year for more than just turkey lovers. Family time of year for all of us. Get your calls on the air if you want to comment on any of the insanity. 800-516-1220, it's 800-516-1220. And seriously, enjoy some downtime with your family, whether you're celebrating Hanukkah, whether you're celebrating... Uh, Thanksgiving, whether it's just purely Thanksgiving or none of the above. Take a break here. Be right back. It's Rob Black. Your money on um, 1220 a.m. kdow
1: black and your money on AM 1220
2: KDOW. I'm going to be doing a Black Wednesday event next Wednesday. I'm doing two back-to-back in different parts of the Bay Area. One in Burlingame, kind of an event that I'd like to see you come out to. It's free. You don't have to make a reservation. You don't have to bring an old cell phone to donate. Come out and have a beer with me. Um, It's absolutely not sanctioned by um, KDOW or Cron TV. They do the Steelhead Brewery December 4th very informal, happy hour type event. Meet and informally talk about money, market and stock issues. Uh, I use them as a charity phone fundraiser. Or if you want to bring one of your old smartphones, I'll collect it, I'll swipe it, I'll donate it to nonprofit charity for you. You'll get the tax write-off. If you want to bring your portfolio, your holdings, your thoughts, your financial questions, I'll give you feedback want to leave a statement with me i'll go over your holdings and tell you how diversified you are or aren't uh 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything you want to talk about we can talk about doing two events December 4th Steelhead Brewery in Burlingame December 11th Faultline Brewery these are on Wednesdays just so you can kind of remember I will do these from time to time, and I would love to see you out there. I'm also going to be talking about trends for 2014 at the event, with a handout for you to take home and study and hold me accountable if I'm right and/or wrong. Uh, We'll see. Talking a little money, talking personal finance issues. You know, my goal is to get you to retirement. My goal is to help you get your parents through retirement, depending on where you are. Um, Or if you're in retirement, my goal is to get you to get your kids thinking about retirement. One of the saddest parts about getting old is to start losing your mind. My mother, this week, was caught outside by the mailbox, wearing skimpy clothes in frozen conditions. Um, She's starting to lose her mind. Alzheimer's disease, right? Or something like that. Her mother had Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a form of dementia. What really stinks about that is here you are trying to make financial decisions, sometimes paying rent, sometimes paying mortgage. Sometimes you get a statement in the mail. Sometimes you see something on QVC and you're like, ooh, I want it. You know, my mom has more bad jewelry from QVC than I care to admit. So we had to you know, delink her checking account from it. I find QVC to be vile in the sense that they seem to prey on old people, sit at home and have no one to talk to, and they think they're talking to them. So Alzheimer's disease and getting old disrupts your ability to manage money, but it also disrupts your ability to read your insurance forms. You know, I've told this story numerous times that my father was diagnosed with cancer, and at one point in time the doctor said you'll have six months to live, and with five months to live he didn't sign an insurance policy because his mind wasn't there. Early signs of dementia involve forgetfulness. A stroke will take away parts of your brain. By the time you're in middle stages of the dementia, you can't handle basic financial chores. So if you have a parent who's starting to forget a lot of things, you know, test them this holiday. Mom, dad, what do you think about the president? Who's the president's vice president? I forgot. Things along those lines. See if they can test your parents a little bit because they don't like to admit it. And they'll hide the fact that they they have issues with the memory. Um, You know, they'll say, oh, I know. Oh, I know who that is. So I'm not going to tell you. So you'll see signs of bad aging. Take a look at their bill pile if you can and see if anything looks past due. That's a sign that they're starting to lose their mind. Look for growing credits on recurring bills. Some people with large credits on their bills, if they don't remember sending in a payment, they send in two payments, three payments. An empty bank account at the start of the month. Have your parents already burned through all their money? That tells you they have a money management problem, a sign of dementia. Where did the money go? Look for a lot of unopened mail in unusual places. As parents get older, they they tend to do that. Always look for uncharacteristic purchases. My mom's is QVC. My dad's, although he wasn't demented, he had a problem with buying power tools. So look for, like, a, a cell phone that your parents never would have gotten, but somehow they got seduced into. Hopefully your parents don't gamble, and hopefully... You know, neighbors watch out for them so that, I mean, knocking on a senior's door is just, it's ripe for ripping them off. Um, see so if you can't monitor their phone calls a little bit. Take a look at their phone bills and see if they're digital phone bills. Maybe they have a caller ID, see who's calling them. I know a caller ID, it's one of those thoughts that, we used to have that as a kid, well, my mom still does. Um, consider a trust for your mother. Father, someone to come in and help take over money management, definitely get a durable power of attorney. That will give you the ability to help take over finances. If you don't have a durable power of attorney or a trust, um, you can petition probate courts for a conservator or guardianship to be appointed. You have options. Something I want you to do during Thanksgiving is not ignore some of the obvious signs. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Money investing in more. If you want to talk about insurance policies, we could do that. If you want to talk about the markets, we could do that. We have a quiet day on Wall Street for obvious reasons. People are traveling. SP five hundred up 4, the Dow's up 22, the Nasdaq up 14. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more. Good day for the stock markets. Um, happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't need, we don't need to Um S&P 500 up four, the Dow up 23, the NASDAQ up 16. Gold sits up fractions. Ten-year treasury sits up at 2.74%. We can go into other areas like silver. I saw someone's portfolio that bought silver last year. Silver's not an investment. Gold is at least a bet on inflation or a hedge against inflation. Silver, oh, stay away um got some black wednesday's coming up you can learn more at robblack.com it's robblack.com so the next two wednesdays i'm going to be out and about in your community having some happy hours and talking money investing and more uh from here to there you know hopefully you enjoy your holidays uh your time off i will he man was created i know you're saying he man he was created because in the 1980s star wars toys were selling incredibly well George Lucas offered Mattel the rights to make Star Wars toys. He said, You pay me $750,000 for one time, and you can make Star Wars toys. Mattel said no. Star Wars action figures were so popular that kids would get vouchers at Christmas time. And Mattel struggled to find a toy line that would compete against Star Wars popularity. Uh, so they created a, t- a cartoon, He Man. They were able to reach over $400 million, but it's fair to say that had they stayed with Star Wars and put up the money, it would have been a little bit better. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Klingons from Star Wars. Not from Star Wars, from Star Trek they're the recurring antagonist in the 1960s show they've appeared in all the spin-off series they're created by screenwriter Gene Kuhn first appeared in the 1967 episode Aaron and Mercy what's this got to do with anything? they had bronze skin facial hair suggested of that of Asian people they possessed physical abilities similar to humans the overall look of the aliens just some sort of oriental. A time when memories of Japanese actions during World War II were still fresh, Klingons were reminiscent of something the Americans were angry at. Even their clothes that they wore was very reminiscent of Japanese feudal armor. And know you're saying, I didn't think so much went into thinking these things through. Yep. Why aren't you thinking this way? Aren't we all going to feel a bit of pity when we lose Chatner? Okay, so I'm seeing some interesting cheapies that you may be interested in that you may not be interested in for, you know, the doorbuster sales, you know, for Thanksgiving and Black Friday. From what I could see, if you need a TV, there's a 55-inch 1080, 120 hertz, LED HDTV, $499 at Best Buy. It's on 50%, original price of $1,000. Best Buy will hand out tickets to customers who want it, um, and they'll hand it out to you outside so you don't have to run to get to it. You could get the Amazon 7-inch Kindle Fire tablet at Best Buy for 99 bucks. It's not the newest version of the Kindle. It's still a great deal considering it's 50% off the $200 price tag, the Xbox 360 for 99 bucks at Walmart, but you probably want the new Xbox One, but still, $80 off its regular price, the iPad mini, 16 gigabit Wi-Fi at Walmart, $100 gift card, $299, that I means you're basically getting a $100 discount, 33% off, what else is there? If you want the Target's got a big fifty inch TV, but it's cheap. It's too cheap. This is one that I like. Um Sandisk 32 Gigabyte Cruiser USB flash. That's what we get Radio Shack for eight bucks. It's typically fifty bucks. I love having little flash drives. I don't know why, I just feel cool. <laughs> I think you're saying if you're going to wake up one day and USB won't even be a standard anymore and everything will be stored on those things, and you won't know what to do with them. Africa, feeling more fortunate or less fortunate. I think about Africa this Thanksgiving weekend. It's estimated to have 69% of people with HIV. The immune system is one of the body's most intelligent designs. By distinguishing between our healthy tissue and infections that aim to attack us, the immune system protects us from diseases and viruses. So anything that attacks our immune system is huge. So Africa makes up roughly 14, almost 15% of the world's population. But 69% of people believe to have HIV. Um, That is a continent that will be ravaged. Uh, The consumer may not happen for a long time. And a lot of people are always like, okay, so where's the next U.S.? And then you see, like... China pop up with capitalism. Okay, where's the next China? When you see Indonesia, and you're like, where's the next? And a lot of people are looking for the Middle East and or Africa to step up to the world stage and become more consumers. I don't know if it necessarily could happen. Quiet session today. I had a Thanksgiving tomorrow. Love your family. Take some time off. Weekly initial jobs, claims, decline. Well, that's kind of a bogus number right now. There was a seasonal adjustment problem factoring into the drop. But, in any case, things are looking slightly better. And I opened last hour by telling you, you know, if you stand and look at things, uh, there's very little to be concerned of right now in the world markets, very little. Uh, The big concern is what happens with tapering. And a bigger concern is, is there enough growth? There's growth, but is there enough to get any sort of momentum? It's not necessarily a bad problem to have. The typical household of, of someone 55 to 64, they've only accumulated enough retirement assets of $120,000. That adds about $400 of income a month to your Social Security. That's not a lot. If you're 55 and older, you've lost a lot of time. There's some things that you could do by, you know, reducing your consumption. You know, plan to work as long as you can. That's how you save retirement if you haven't saved enough for retirement. So set aside more money. Set aside as aggressively as you can. So don't plan for retirement. Keep on working. Stay in equities longer than you can, longer than you want to, before you go to an income portfolio. If you have to, consider a reverse mortgage. Consider downsizing your house. All is not lost if you've only saved 120000 but you're not in a good scenario. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up next Wednesday. The first Wednesday and the second Wednesday of the month, I'm going to be doing Black Wednesdays. They're free events. They're happy hour, 3.30 to 5.30-ish. You can find out more. The first one's going to be at Steelhead Brewery in Burlingame. The second one's going to be at Faultline. You sign up. You don't have to sign up. Learn more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Rob Black and your money.
1: Visit Rob Black online at RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KEOW.
2: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Don't be shy. Just pulling a bill from Half Moon Bay. Bill, how are you?
5: Hey, doing great this morning, Mr. Negro. <laughs>
2: Um, let's before, let us let let, it, let everyone know you said negro. Negro. Yes. There you go.
5: The black Hispanic American version French. of There you go. Black. There you go. Anyway, hey, just wanted to give a call. I was listening to like yesterday like most mornings and you talk about your mom and just wanted to give my uh shout out and some uh, positive prayers for your mom and your family. But uh just wanna let you know a few things I'm thankful for. Go ahead. Uh, one of which would be, of course, all the great things that you've done for k and the programming changes that have occurred over the years. I've been listening to the station, I think, since it came on. I don't know. maybe. Well, it used to be under a different name, but back in five or something like that. So great changes there. The music that either you select, which is kind of more on the, the front end of things, the current, contemporary, and I think maybe your producer throws some really good old stuff in on occasion. But probably most of all, Um, along with all the, you know, good uh, financial and planning for the future, just stuff like I'm over the bat kid. You know, that kind of stuff is what really makes, you know, getting your day going from 7 to 9 just really great because it's like, yeah, me too. You know, (laughs) I'm over that kid, you know,
2: just a good thing. You're very kind, and I appreciate that you get the efforts that
5: I put into the show. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, it's the nuance, I guess, or or any other way you want to phrase it. But that, like I say, I can can still remember where I was sitting in traffic the first time I heard you talk about a mouse crawling in your mouth, vomiting, and then dying. And I was just like, oh, this is going to be a great day.
2: (laughs) And I can remember you standing out waiting for the typhoon and the tsunami to hit. Exactly. In Half Moon Bay, so we're even. I appreciate (laughs) your efforts. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Bill. I obviously don't take kind words well, but um, it is appreciated. Um, Thank you all so much for listening to the show and supporting the show. Um, I don't get a lot of interaction with management at the radio station, and I appreciate that. They've stood up for me numerous times. I've said some things that are fairly controversial at times, uh, shocking. I would use the F word on occasion to emphatically show you, like, this stinks what's happening um, with our government, or this, you know, F word, you know, why don't people match up their 401k? Are you stupid? And yeah, I get some complaints about me, and I, I totally get that I come across as mean at times, and they stand by me. I'm not trying to be mean as much as I'm trying to be honest with you. honest with you tied towards uh, wake up and look at things a little bit differently. This is the time of year where we're going to start looking at things to sell for a loss. It's tax-loss selling candidates. Tax-loss selling can occur at any time of the year. But a lot of people, you know, they start talking end-of-the-year tax strategies at the end of the year. We are, upon the month of December, Tax-loss-selling decisions um, have to be done before the end of the month of December. Investors try to take some of their gains, offsetting their gains with some of their losses. So the market's worst performing stocks this year could come under added pressure in the weeks ahead because it's been a very bright year for stocks. It's been a very good year. So some of these losers will probably get made into bigger losers, and then and then be made into bigger winners because they'll be oversold. So you're looking for companies that have lost anywhere between 35 and 85%. You look for screens on Russell 2000. You look for a year-to-date return of less than zero. You look at daily trading volume. So, um, I don't know. There's a good website out there called Zacks, Z a c k s, and at it you could you can again all you got to do is you want to find a good screen for yourself, z a c k s dot com. But you're looking for an investment screen, and you can start putting in you know metrics that look attractive to you. I want to find companies that are going to be oversold as potential opportunities. Uh, You know, Apple got into that oversold category and provided a nice 30 percent upside move. Uh, HP got into that oversold category of no one wants it. No one wants it on their statements at the end of the year. But Zax is a real nice little stock screener if you want to play with that a little bit. Um, It's Z-A-C-K-S dot com. I would not make an investment decision based on that, but I certainly would start to think about opportunities that you might have. 800-516-1220. You get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I appreciate Bill calling in. um... I don't know. I don't want you to get too caught up in, in saying nice things about me because <laughs> it'll go to my head, I promise you. Um, let's take a look at some of the... Let's see if there's any big stories. There's not a lot of big stories right now. Dow 1 million. That's a funny concept. Um one of the things that I like is there's this investor out of Moran, uh, Hennessy. He runs the Hennessy funds. And one of the things that he talks about is how the, you know, he'll say Dow thirty two thousand. And people look at him like you're crazy. And all he's like all it's all that's predicting is, you know, future market performance of past market performance. I like that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about money investing in more. Um, take a look at the market numbers. We have an up day, but quite honestly, stuff to get excited about. Very light volume, the SP p 500 up 5, over 1,800. The Dow's up 30, over 16,000, 16,100. The NASDAQ up 19. That's a big move. Um, Apple has made a big uh, push this year. Part of the reason the techs doing well. Part of the reason S P five hundred is doing well. Um, started the year at five fifty, so it's down only six bucks off its its start of the year number. Um, but ever since putting in a low at three eighty, it's now sitting at five forty four, up eleven bucks today. A lot of people think it's going to be a good holiday season for the boys over at Apple. To get your calls in there, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Um, HP's good numbers also carrying um, HP's good numbers, also carrying a lot of tech. A lot of people, you know, computers aren't dead. So, Apple's rising today on some supply news. That's good to hear. 800-516-1220. it's 800-516-1220. You call us I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Hey.
1: 1220 KDOW and I art radio station. Always keep your heart Don't let
2: your this was a band that was on Saturday Night Live this week and came. Don't know much about them, but they're sisters. I have no musical ability. Bring in Dr. Jeff Rosen. How are you, Jeff?
3: Good. How about yourself? wish I could refer to you as doctor. <laughs> Good doctors in the house, right? I don't know about that, but uh, I require my family members to address my, uh, my mail to me as Dr. Jeff Rosen because I feel, you know, intelligent that way. <laughs> where, where did you get your, uh, your degree from that
2: made you a doctor, and what did you get it in?
3: Uh, I got it in economics at uh, Ohio State
2: How tough is it to get a degree in economics because I took an economics class and I struggled in college and uh, That was the end of my thought process of ever becoming an economist
3: well um, What I say is that uh, You take the hardest econ class you had as an undergrad, right? And you multiply it by five and that's probably the easiest class you're gonna have in grad school what you find out is that what you learn in, in undergrad as, as an econ major isn't nearly as mathematical as you need to be uh, in graduate school. So you're actually better off, if you're uh, trying to go, you know, to get a PhD, is just take, get a major in math and then just take econ courses as a side. You, you don't need the, uh, the undergraduate basics, you'll learn it all in grad school anyways. So I'm speaking with Dr.
2: Jeff Rose in briefing.com. Thanks for joining us today before Thanksgiving, you're not flying apparently. No,
3: I get to stay home. Nice, stay home with the kids and uh, doing turkey, doing ham. You know anything special? Uh, we do turkey. We go to my folks' house and they'll cook the turkey, and my job is to make side dishes this year. did uh, you know?
2: Did you know that turkey prices are up sixty percent in ten years?
3: Uh, no, didn't realize that. But uh, most food costs are up quite a bit over the last ten years, so it wouldn't surprise me.
2: What's interesting, and here's where I'm going to play master of the economists, Um, corn costs are down in that same period, and the reason the costs are up is foreign demand taken away from our supply.
3: Hmm. You know, we found, uh, especially with chicken, what was interesting is that U.S. consumers only like to eat white meat. So there's a lot of thrown away dark meat, and they've been trying to sell that. to like india and in places that prefer dark meat and you know there's actually tariffs on some of these so they prevent uh the sales from from going out so there's a lot of wasted food here uh you know in these industries because what we prefer isn't what other people want you know it you know the opposite what we prefer is what other people don't want but we can't trade with them so we end up with uh a lot of uh leftover parts
2: <laughs> good stuff now uh Back to your world. Consumer sentiment this morning came out, and the gauge rose in November. It seems like we're preparing for a rosy 2014. Did you see anything in those sentiment numbers that caused concern?
3: Um, I really dislike sentiment numbers. I I think they don't give you any type of feeling on what's going on in the world. I mean, when you ask someone how they're feeling, you know they can say good or bad based on you know anything that they saw during that day. But if you actually track spending habits, it's all based on income as long as job growth is going, as long as as payrolls are expanding, as long as people are are receiving more money in the aggregate, you're going to see consumption go up, regardless of how people feel you know when we're getting some in the, in these sentiment numbers, just big up and down swings because of media attention i mean. You had the uh, government shutdown, which all the data now shows has done absolutely nothing to uh, the economy in October. You know, yet sentiment fell, you know, close to lows in 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 October at that time, and everyone got concerned. Oh, we're going to have a terrible retail sales number. We're going to have terrible this, terrible that. Sales were strong. Income gains were good. Employment growth was strong. I mean, to look at the sentiment numbers and try to say. Hey, you know the economy is going to do bad or good based on how people are feeling is just nonsense.
2: With that being said, um, first time unemployment claims came out I think a day early today. Um, anything there that that jumps out at you?
3: The numbers are good. Um, there is still concerns because uh, the Department of Labor has a difficult time adjusting for changes in the Thanksgiving holiday, and then you had Veterans Day. So there's some seasonal adjustment problems that are biasing the data and, and they don't claim to say if they're biased up or down, but it's more likely down over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I think we're legitimately about 330, 335. Um, you know, the number today was like 316. So we're not too far off from that. And, and those numbers are, are, are good. And we, we would expect with that type of number to get payroll growth of around 200,000, which would be what we saw unexpectedly in October. And um, yeah, I'm looking for a good November uh, payroll number that comes out next week. Chicago manufacturing data came out.
2: This is on radio and television. I really struggle, Dr. Jeff Rosen, to discuss centralized um, numbers at Chicago, Philly Fed, New York. Um, how would you read into a Chicago area business story for the average person?
3: I wouldn't read much into it at all, to be honest. You know, to get another one of these surveys where you're asking companies, are things doing better this month versus last month, but you don't ask them how much better things are. So, if you had an incremental gain by, let's say, five small companies, and you had one huge loss by one large company you know the survey is going to show that things are good because you had you know such a more positive outlook by those smaller companies but when you actually look at uh, the hard numbers when the when the orders numbers come out in the durable goods reports where the production data comes out in the industrial production report you know it's going to show a much different uh, aspect than what the uh, you know the, these regional surveys are showing you and so i, I tend to discount you know, the New York Feds, the Philly Feds, the Chicago has the PMI, and then the Chicago Fed puts out one. Uh, Texas puts out one in Dallas, and there's one in Richmond. I, I just tend to, to just push those aside. I, I, I rarely even look at the national ISM index because it's the same thing. If you have, a, you know, a lot of growth in small companies and a lot of weakness in a few larger companies, it's just going to make the ISM numbers look great, and then the actual numbers look terrible. What are you
2: working on right now, Dr. Jeff Rose, and that you think is important and for us to pay attention to?
3: Um, just the housing trends. I mean, we're getting some interesting stuff uh, in terms of the amount of distressed properties that are on the market right now. Um, we're seeing uh, there's not as many sales anymore of distressed homes. That Most sales are, are coming from. You know, homes that are, uh, homeowner owned, you know, usually living in. That, that's a bonus because you need that in order to, to move up and, and increase the stability in, uh, housing. So we're going to see, uh, more people being able to step up into larger homes. We're seeing, you know, more inventories and come in from first time home buyers because you're going to have people stepping up to larger homes. Um that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see Price growth, but it means that we're going to overall see just a a healthier uh, housing sector in general.
2: One of the things that I did recently was I spoke to millennials in the Bay Area, and one of their questions was, "How can we afford housing?" And I'm like, "You can't um, unless you want to live in the mountains or in the sticks, and uh, that's not a good option for most people." Are you worried at all about the younger people? And again, I don't know Chicago, I don't know New York, I know my local market of. Millennials can't really afford. What's the national picture look like for uh, for the younger people buying homes? Because I want them to buy my home one day. What's the the answer here?
3: I think the national picture looks all right um, okay. I think you 're going to have pockets that are going to be constrained for reasons like geography so san francisco new york they're just there 's not space to build out you 're not like you know Dallas, for example, where you can just expand forever Houston, where you can just keep going. Um, So cities that are are constrained Will have have more problems Chicago you're not going to see As much difficulty Again because you can expand outward But areas that are Geographically constrained I think Will will have a more difficult time For uh, first time home buyers coming in Because those prices are going to be much higher
2: Are you worried about some of the ramifications From The displacement of the Millennials versus the you know, the baby boomers are staying in the workforce longer. Is that creating any long term problems that you see yet or not on your radar?
3: I'm not concerned, you know, necessarily for the fact that baby boomers are working longer. Um, what I am concerned is that millennials are living with their parents, which means that they're not coupling up. And when you couple up, you generally, uh, you know, in have more kids. You generally see, uh, you know, more consumption because you have to buy stuff for, you know, your home uh, to live in. And uh, we're not seeing the, you know, the household formation come around that we we would expect. And I think in the long term, that's a bad thing. And, you know, unless we can somehow, you know, push the millennials out and into the world, which is difficult because their wages are, are you know, much smaller than what they would have expected, you know, 10 years ago. So... You know, But it, that really needs to come through. We we really need to do something to move that ahead. Um, it's not necessarily that that you know baby boomers are keeping them from working by taking their jobs. I don't think that's the problem. But uh, we really need to do something to get them moving on their own.
2: Thanks very much. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us. Um, I appreciate all your efforts this year. It's Dr. Jeff Rose, and you can find him at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. I start every day looking at market analysis with Briefing. Of course I go to other sites. Of course I go to other sources. But they're one of the most reliable, trusted sources out there. You can check into what they offer at Briefing.com. It's Briefing.com. And that's Dr. Jeff Rosen. Heard every Wednesday at 8.30. Uh, His compatriot, Patrick O'Hare, market analyst, is heard Tuesdays at 7.30 on the station. Uh, To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. To find me online, it's robblack.com. It's robblack.com.
1: You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Welcome in, Rob Black, the money, I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing in more. Anything you want to invest in, give me a call if you need a second opinion. Kills me when I see people make massive mistakes, and I see them all the time. 800 516 1220-800-516-1220 to get calls on the air. Um, there's too many people for me to be thankful for. Trust me, I live a blessed life on so many levels. Um, the audience is clearly why I do this. I don't need to do this anymore. Um, I don't have a vanity issue. I just want to pass on some good, simple things that you can do to stop making mistakes. One of the things you can do to stop making mistakes is buy an individual stocks You may not be good at it. One of the things you may do to stop making mistakes, thinking that, like, someone who's got an app is going to tell you what stocks to buy and when. It's a ridiculous notion. There's one guy out there who touts, you know, his magical app. And I remember when he was calling for Qualcomm to go to 1000 because he did the math and his little app told him that it'll be on every cell phone in the world. Um, no. So, be cautious on people who tout individual stocks. Um, They tend to tell you when they're right. They tend to never tell you when they're wrong. And we all make mistakes. Trust me on that one. Um, I do on sectors. I do on individual stocks. I do on timing. I try not to time. Very quiet session ahead of Thanksgiving. Please spend some time with your family and do some downtime. But also start looking at your financial health and your financial life and your parents' financial health and life. Like I said, your parents may be aging not so gracefully, try to start seeing signs of it. And, uh, you know, aging is expensive. My mom, when she goes into a home, it's going to run, you know, $100,000 a year. Fortunately, she's got some pretty good benefits, but it's still going to run $100,000 a year. And there's no getting around that. So aging in these last few years become very, very expensive. You know, the goal of the show is to remind you that Reagan worked until he was like 63 or something, and they lived 30 more years in really bad health. I'm trying to get you ready for that 30 to 40 years of when you no longer work. Um, let's go to Rod in San Francisco.
5: Good morning. How are, you, how are you? Good. Thank you very much for taking my call.
2: Sure. Wanted to get Running out of time. Morning. What's up?
5: Uh, getting some information on Vapor Corporation, VPCO, the Emerging e What do you market, know about uh, it? Uh, uh, well, they are 100% E-Cig, and uh, potentially they are trying to migrate to NASDAQ. Uh, they're raising some okay, cash. Okay, talking they about
2: yeah, I'm not going to repeat the. Tick- yeah, thanks for the call. I'm not going to even repeat the ticker symbol because I don't want people to go after the stock that's two cents. It's a pink sheet company. I see this all the time. I would be very, very cautious. I've never met one person on the planet that has turned a penny stock into a dollar stock. That has turned a- other than like the only one I can come up with is maybe Sirius Satellite Radio. Um, I've never met anyone who can pull it off. This is a stock that doesn't have the financials to be located on the NYSE or the NASDAQ. And because of that, you're taking in a huge amount of risk. If you want to try to go after a penny stock, fine. But I don't. You know, I just want to caution. I've never met one person who took the ride higher. I've met people who got in and they called radio shows to try to tout it a little bit to see if they can't get out of a mistake they made. Um, but I want to buy established companies. Why do you want to buy a stock that may or may not make it to the NASDAQ. I want to buy Nike. I want to buy small caps in the United States that don't have exposure to Europe. I want to buy some Europe because I think they're behind a lot of their problems or they're in front of a lot of their problems. I want to buy Asia because I've been to Asia and I see that, you know, the poverty there and the middle class isn't, isn't structured, but I do see a rise in the, in the lower class to more middle class or, origins. Anyhow, uh, sorry if I had to cut him off. I just want to be very cautious with you not making mistakes. If you want to go for a penny stock, go for it. Not me. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your, your loved ones. Um, take a look at your portfolio. Are you rebalancing quarterly? I think that's too much. Are you rebalancing twice a year? I think that's fine um you should automate that so that you don't get too ahead or behind you should know that your portfolio at times you're going to look at the last year's performance and want to chase that that's not what you really want to do you want to accumulate wealth 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air anything you want to talk about we can talk about money investing and more you can find me online at robblack.com. Oh, I've got a couple of those Black Wednesdays coming up, and I'd love to see you out for those. Black Wednesday is a low-pressure, no-pressure environment where we meet at a brewery, Stillhead brewery in Burlingame on the 4th of December, Wednesday, typically 3.30, 5.30. Uh, bring your portfolio. If you could bring an old smartphone wipe it. I'll wipe it for you. Donate it to charity. I'll get you a charitable deduction for it for your 2013 taxes. Gossip um, is doing another event uh, at Faultline Brewery. You can learn more about the events at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's a new site. It's up and going. Still got some rough edges, but it's getting there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you for supporting. Have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy some downtime. Take care.